1: forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. Hello everyone.
0: Hi folks. We're back together. I know. It's been so long. It's been a long time.
1: Well, I guess people wouldn't really know that because all the episodes you've been listening to were pre-recorded
0: before I went to Sri Lanka, but... I know and and I haven't seen you in like 3 weeks. <gasps> Did People you miss are me? like, "How where is Amy? How are you and Amy?" Cuz she's like my other partner. <laughs> and I'm like, "She's been out of town for 3 weeks. I don't remember what she smells like or looks like.
1: Do I smell okay? I showered smell before great. I came here. I literally just got off the airplane. I flew From This was a four-hour flight from Sri Lanka to Singapore, and then Singapore to San Francisco was 14 and a half hours, and then drove from San Francisco to Santa Cruz, (laughs) showered, and came over here, and I'm uh, pretty sure it's like the middle of the night for me, time-wise, and I am
0: somehow alive. (laughs) And I've been packing. I'm in full move mode. I'm moving out of my house shortly, and I told Amy, I'm like, "Mm, it's a disaster over here. It's not, not bad. We're just in a... Ton like a room with tons of boxes everywhere. April's disaster is
1: like other people's normal house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're you're so clean. Well there's there's just no plates or Anything to eat off of? It's hilarious. Well, good. I'm not hungry, so no. Uh,
1: I'm happy to be home. So this episode, uh, I actually recorded with my partner, Ooh. and he still doesn't say his name on it. By the way, I oh, asked he him before. Yeah, I, you'll see on it when you listen. I asked before because he knows that we always just say my partner, and I said, "Do you want your name to be on there?" And he said, "No, just stick with that." So I actually call him his his pet name, which is Pippi. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. It's cute. And so we talk hey, about. Pippi. Uh, our relationship, uh, what we, all the things that we've been through, what makes our relationship so that it works, and the, some of the the sex that we have, what works, what doesn't, how sex has changed after, over five years. Um, we talk about all kinds of things. We talk about nonviolent mm. communication and some examples of that. So. Uh, we thought it would be fun to give you an insider look into the partners that we speak on and then I think that April, you and your partner should record an episode too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm totally down. He'd, he'd be, I'd love to, I'd actually love to have him on it. We did it the uh, Sex with Emily episode it. together. It yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. Oh, Emily is super high energy though, like me, so we we're like <laughs> I, I listened, I was like, it's very hard for your partner to get
1: some words in. Yeah, <laughs> I know.
0: Uh, We had a lot of fun and he, I felt like he did a great job. I'm excited to hear yeah. your partner on this one because I have haven't heard it because you obviously just got back. So yeah. um, he has a nice voice, though. Anyway, he,
1: my partner. Yeah, he is. He, well, he's, gr- he's a great public speaker. I mean, he's, right. he's been doing public speaking for a long time. And, uh, but it's different when you're on a mic. It's very different. It's
0: like, it's not the yeah. same. I was so nervous the first time we ever recorded with Emily yeah. when we had that first episode. I was like, what did yeah, I-, I remember that? You're like, what am I, I going like, to You're like, you're going to be fine. And uh, then you're on there talking about Red Wings yeah. and like Prince Albert. Well, I just figured was, uh, I was going to be there and, I, and they asked before, remember, is there anything you don't w- want, like uh, an area where you don't want us to question you on mm-hmm. or uh, interview you on and we're both. And I gave him the green light for anything. Ask us anything. So I felt like I should just be totally transparent about all of it.
1: I feel (laughs) feel almost as if you're more transparent there than you have been on this show.
0: (laughs) I know. Also because you were single then, so it's very exciting, all the stories. Totally. um, It was... And it was fun. It was like funny was really and fun. fun. Yeah. When I'm in a relationship now. and It's still I, fun. I <laughs> it, it's still fun, but I I want to be, you know, there's some things I know that he probably wouldn't be comfortable with me talking about yeah. from time to time. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it's
1: on there. I don't know if it was on the air or not when I recorded my partner, but I think he makes a comment about, how I I like to drink his cum. <laughs> and I was like, wow, you actually said that. I'm not sure if it's on the air or not. You'll all find out if it's on there or not. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, my mom listens to this. Yeah, and, and not that she doesn't know. She'd yeah, be she into listens it. She'd every be like, i oh, not into it, but
0: she'd be okay with it.
1: I wonder how that would be though for her hearing my partner actually say that from you know from his lips from his mouth. So we'll see, mom. Just so you know, that might be on there. So <laughs> she can handle it. She owns a sex shop. While you
0: while you've been away, Miss Amy, darling, yes, uh, you know what happened. What happened? Margin sold out of all of their wine.
1: All of it. All of it. There's no
0: more. There's wine. There's no <laughs> more
1: wine. <laughs> I mean, that's a good in part to because have. of
0: our shameless sex listeners out there. So thank you for supporting Megan. She actually text sent me a text message and just told me specifically to thank all of you out there that are in support of her winemaking and buying margins wine. So right now, uh, she said until March, um, there will be a spring release. Uh, so she said, just go ahead and sign up for the newsletter if you haven't. Uh, so you know, you can get exclusive first time offers to her next release. And she always does different wine and it's remember it's natural wine. Uh, it's produced, um, in very small quantities. It's very boutique oriented. So, uh, go to marginswine. dot com and sign up because she will be releasing a new a new batch of wine. I'm not even sure of the varietal yet. Well, there's this um, there mid a Pinot to late out? March.
1: I think there's a Pinot. I think at there's point. a Pinot,
0: yeah. and I can't remember. Um, there, I think it is a Pinot, but there's also I, I believe she will do a white as well, but I'm not sure what it is. So. If you're out there and um, you love her wine, she will have more. She's just sold out right now, so thank you. And if you you. haven't
1: tried it, go sign up for that newsletter because you'll be the first to know about this wine that we're obsessed with and we talk about all the time, so marginswine.com. Right now I'm drinking
0: gas, uh, bloating gas relief tea, so I'm not (laughs) drinking margins wine, wine, but.
1: (laughs) She's a little bloaty right now. I got bloated. I should probably be bloated. I just got off the airplane and ate some airplane food. There you go. It was on Singapore Air, though. It's a good airline. Oh, I love
0: Singapore Air. Yeah. It's a really good one. We flew that together or well, no we were on united when we flew to remember they're when we went the to same Bali,
1: partner uh, airline. Yeah, it, 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 they're in the yeah. Star Alliance. The Star Alliance. <laughs> this, we are not, uh, sorry, we are I'm not, not represented by United. No. Um, <laughs> okay, well, some other things that happened while I was away. Uh, we, April and I, booked a workshop in Utah. Oh, yeah. At the b- our, our, we love this sex shop chain called uh, Blue Boutique. They're in Salt Lake City. We love, love, love them. If you've seen some of the photos of us that we post, they're actually uh, the owner took these beautiful photos.
0: pretty much a whole he did a whole shoot for us for free oh the topless one that's our our, uh, logo that's that's what he's going to use when I want to run for president he'd be like by the way no I'm just (laughs) kidding (laughs) here's some topless (laughs) photos of you (laughs) so
1: uh, if you are in or near Salt Lake City on Friday March 15th this is 2019 we are teaching at Blue Boutique it's their sugar house store at 8.30pm we are teaching our erotic superstar how to become um, step
0: into your power how to become your most badass erotic self uh, workshop there at Blue Boutique, you and it's it's only twenty five dollars, yep. and they give you a twenty dollar gift card just for showing up I didn't know to that. shop. Yeah, to shop in Blue Boutique, so it's
1: five dollars. <laughs> so it's basically
0: five dollars, yeah. uh, and then you can buy. And we'll we'll give you you know some tips on some products too that you can pick up while you're in there if you want. But you get a twenty dollar gift card for just showing up. Yep, you get to hang out with us and you get to learn from us. So to
1: sign up, you can go to blueboutique.com or eventbrite.com and go look up "Step Into Your Power: How to Become an Erotic and Superstar." You're
0: not in Salt Lake. But you know someone that is, send them a little, you know DM or or email and tell them to check out the workshop because it will yeah. be fun. And I believe they have enough space for fifty people. So, awesome. Um, and it's a beautiful store, by yes. the way. They have, uh, I think, four stores total. Yeah. And the one that it will be at is Sugar House, um, which is their flagship store. It's a really yeah. nice store. There's lots of lingerie. You can even get piercing if you want to. Oh, that's nice. Let's Hang get a out clip. with us and piercing. Should we yeah. get oh, We can
1: all get do it together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to clip piercing.
0: No, I'm good on that. I have, you know, my labia is already torn on one side. So
1: maybe you should get that labia.
0: <laughs> it would hurt, I think, because it's like scarred.
1: Maybe that'll help. I just
0: wrote a blog about that.
1: About oh, when you tore your Libya? About
0: the whole experience. And if you haven't checked out our blog, Amy and I have been, I think it's, we've been spending a lot of time on the blog. I spent like six hours. So uh, no, it's, no, go check it out. <laughs> go check <laughs> it out. It's on our website. Make it um, worth our time. <laughs> yeah, please check it out. They're actually quite entertaining.
1: Yeah, it's more, it's more stories from us, more uh, personal accounts. We're even answering some sex questions there. So definitely go check that out. Uh, and then this is airing on the 12th. Today. That's today. Yeah, we're actually recording this today. I'm, I'm going to upload it. Um, so I guess some other announcements for this month. All, we are, off, again, offering half off of our online workshop, which is called Wild Woman Sex.
0: Yeah, it's only $99, which is a great deal for four 45 um, or less minute videos of us um, going into some in-depth uh, kind of like in-depth accounts of how to be your most erotically charged up, powerful, badass self.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's an, it's a workshop. It's a f- it's a four video series workshop and then it has a whole bunch of sexy home practices and there's even a guided erotic meditation. There's access to my orgasm 101 class so you get a lot for the whole package and uh, if you do sign up for that too and then you have a sex question you can directly email us and we'll actually answer you right away which is not what we do for other sex questions because we have so many. We We answer them uh, sporadically when we can. So it guarantees that we will actually uh, be able to respond to you. So go check that out on our website. Go uh, to shamelesssex.com and go to workshops and get that while it's still half off.
0: I want to do a quick, just a quick shout out, not to... long at all but if there's any mothers or fathers or parents out there that uh, want a good resource another podcast to listen to check out postpartum stories my friend Brianna is doing it she's okay with me saying her name because she has a podcast Uh, but check it out it's really it's like raw stories about parenting and um, she's actually doing a great job and uh, it's a very organic, cool, real life parents talking about their stories, like the real stories, because everybody that parents is always like, it's blissful. It's great.
1: Like, no, it's really hard. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's
0: fucking sucks sometimes. <laughs> so it's, it gives you the real deal. So even if you are about to become a parent or you already are a parent, um, check out postpartum stories on uh, on iTunes, uh, mostly on iTunes. I think it might be on a few other channels, but uh, yeah, check it out because she's doing a great job. I'm proud of her. Mm. She's part of the reason I feel like I started listening to podcasts in the first place oh. when I was commuting from Newport Beach she to Burbank. She told you about um, uh,
1: Sex Nerd Sandra. Sex Nerd Sandra, yeah.
0: which she was a huge fan of. She listened to Sex Nerd Sandra's podcast for years, and I would see Sex Nerd Sandra at the Pleasure Chest when I lived in L.A. and I was like, "Oh my god, let me take a picture of you." For way um,
1: before you knew that we were ever going to do a podcast. Oh, yeah.
0: So I would uh, send she Brianna pictures like, look who I'm with. Sex well, nerd and Sandra. I think
1: it's, uh, Sex Nerd Sandra went off there for two years or something, and she's—I think she's starting up again. She, I believe so, yeah. yeah. Which so is great, good awesome. for her.
0: Uh, she had a wildly successful podcast, so that with a lot of people, the listening. more the merrier. Oh yeah, bring support it of all of it. Um,
1: I have one before just two other announcements, but before that, I want to share just one little thing that, um, uh, just a little sexy thing that I learned while I was in Sri Lanka. It's brief, and. Um, so I, I learned this thing that uh, my partner uses their their fingers or even like a sex toy on my Volvo or my bits. Is uh, your
0: partner gender nonconforming?
1: Is my partner gender yeah, non-conforming? You said, he sa- you said their fingers. Oh his oh, I was sorry. just no, like no, no, surprised. No. I was like, wait. Oh, no, no. Oh, I yeah. didn't know if he ch- I no, didn't know. He's, no, he's he said he he uses he and him okay, pronouns. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I like this good
0: question. I didn't know ask. if that changed. I was like, when wow. When he
1: uses his, yes, uh, his his fingers or um, or a sex toy, I I noticed that I'm I'm highly sensitive and it's really easy for things to be too much or not enough, you know, in terms of the pressure or the stimulation. But I learned this interesting thing. If he uses his cock, even so, either just like moving his body so his cock is rubbing on the external part of my clitoris or my vulva, or if he actually manually stimulates by holding his cock with his hand and rubbing his cock Mm. on my vulva or clitoris, I don't get overstimulated. It's like this thing that it's almost like the pressure of the fingers do. Yeah, they can be too much oh, okay. very easily, very, very easily. P- fingers can be either too much or not enough pressure. It can be just, it's like I highly sensitive and I need very specific pressure, but it's as if, but because there's a cock in between the hand, right? If the hand is still moving the cock and then the cock is the one actually touching me, I don't get overstimulated at all, mm. and he can h- move it however he wants. It's ne- it's never too much. So I don't know. I I wanted to just comment on this because this is a new thing that I learned about my body. I was like, whoa! This is there. Th- there's so much more room here for us to to do things without me getting like, oh, it's too too much, or not less this, or more to the right, or more to the left. All of it felt really good. Um, I'm gonna explore it a little more, but I want to just put that out there to people to maybe if to try could work for you. You know what
0: happened to me the other night what? having sex? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> dude this is a quick funny story <laughs> uh i've been having a lot of anal because i have my I had my period Ooh. so going in with the uh the old you know back door <laughs> and um i was super turned on the other day i think it was like the night before last actually and doing a lot of like butt play prepping the butt and i had a tampon in i was like should i go take it out and he's like no and so we started um uh I don't know, probably warm up was like maybe 20 minutes or something. And then he put his cock in and it and went into the vagina with the tampon. In and I had full sex with the tampon and he didn't know it. I knew it, but I was like, I'm not going to stop because he was like super excited. <laughs> and then at the end, he, he, uh, he, we, you know, end our little experience. And I was like, you know, you just had sex. That wasn't my butt. That was my, <laughs> and I'm like, maybe the tampon, like the texture of it. But is that not funny? He that did, never happened. didn't feel it at all. No, well, I don't, he didn't say that he did, but maybe he thought it was like the internal texture of like, you know how your, your kind of your bum, like the butthole canal sometimes can be kind of have that uh rough kind of texture. And the
1: tampon dries you out. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, so
0: it was, but it was so (laughs) classic, funny story. I was like dying. I was like actually laughing. I was like, you didn't even notice, huh? He's like. I did it. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I was like, well, that was interesting. Well, well, That's the first for get me.
1: Lodged up there. It's not like it can go anywhere, but it, I know. You know?
0: I, th- I thought that when it was happening, but I just didn't get scared. I was just like, you know what? If it gets lodged, let's get it. The, get the old tongs out
1: that's <laughs> funny my so my partner and i actually haven't had anal sex in a long time we do a lot of finger stuff but we yeah and and it's something that we talk about all the time we, we it's part of our, our sexy talk repertoire right He'll, you know this like like you know you want you like you know you want to put your cock in my ass yeah it's like that and and um and and then we have just haven't really for various reasons is because for me it's like a pretty time-consuming thing that i do enjoy but it has to be just right yeah you know in terms of like my bowel (laughs) movement oh I know I'm not feeling gassy and if I have to be really turned on for it like really in the mood and uh, and so there was this one night on my trip in Sri Lanka where I was just really feeling it. And I was in the, but the minute I suggested it, when it was like, oh, we're actually going to do this, then he just, he came. <laughs> he,
0: was like, he was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. He was like, there's something so really excited. hot about it. I mean, I get turned down where I was like, yeah. uh, like, it's, I, I had a really great orgasm. Yeah. Which is that vaginal tampoon, the tampoon sex. I had an orgasm <laughs> with the tampoon sex. I
1: was like, whoa. Well, it's just the idea of it when it's on the table. Oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. We're going to have some hot anal now that in itself can be enough you might even need to have the hot anal. <laughs> it's like oh that's already hot yeah just knowing that just that's the on talk the table. of it yeah. yeah
0: well that was i think why he also came such a like a like a really he had a great orgasm he, because he thought he was in my <laughs> in my butthole placebo effect yeah he's like yeah that was great was well like, actually oh, we did
1: not do anything actually anal- that, that was
0: the tampoon that he felt yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, oh, so before we go into the podcast, uh, just two other announcements. One, you said two
0: other with the, before the last one.
1: Well, oh, shit. Well, no, that was a share. <laughs> that was a share. Oh, okay. These are actual <laughs> announcements. So um, two other announcements. Uh, it is still what this is, the 12th of Valentine's oh, Day is in two, two days. days. It is the, uh, the crunch time for Valentine's Day. If you're celebrating, if you're not, then t- awesome for you because it's just another day. A good Hallmark holiday um, but we have given some suggestions. So you have two days. One great thing, OMGS, um, If you, it's not something you have to wait to ship, right? If you actually bought it today, then you can access it today, tomorrow, and forever because yeah. you have unlimited access after you purchase it. We love OMGS. It's an online program to learn about. External Vulva Pleasure for Season 1. They're working on Season 2, which will be internal stimulation, G-spot, female ejaculation, etc.
0: It's just a one-time. It's not a subscription either, just to be clear, because I think there's always some confusion. It's just a season you pay once, and then you get access to all the 62 videos. Yeah, 62 videos. They're really tastefully done, and they
1: show you all these awesome ways to pleasure vulvas, whether it's your own vulva or another vulva, how to up your pleasure game, even if you already have fantastic orgasms. Um, So go check it out. It's at backslash. No, omgs.com backslash shameless. Yeah. To shameless sex. And you get $5 off.
0: I just told my dermatologist about it the other day. <laughs> she was like, wait, what is it? What? And she and uh, I don't know if she checked it out, but she was really intrigued. Well, yeah, I think at least check it out. Even if
1: you don't buy it, go check it out. It's really yeah, the innovative. website. We have a
0: link to on yeah. our landing page. If you go to shamelesssex.com and click uh, the little uh, omgs. Yeah. Uh, link, you can also check it out, but it's well worth it. It's yeah. not even a, it's like less than uh, buying a, you know, um, what what is it? It's forty nine dollars. No, it's thirty nine. Then thirty five off. Oh, there you go. So it's 34. Less than a night out at dinner, and you get 62 episodes.
1: It's actually a lot of great nights in.
0: (laughs) And what about Bijou Indiscrets? Yes. Because they are actually uh, a woman owned company out of Barcelona, and they make some beautiful, beautiful vibrators and then also wearable body jewelry. jewelry. Sexy body jewelry. Uh, Pasties. They've got um, eye masks, but they're offering this 12 Sexy Days. Uh, It's uh, basically a box that you. Like an advent calendar, but it's obviously not the holidays, um, and you can use it all month, all year. You one for
1: twelve tor- different. Twelve. Gifts. You could yeah. use it
0: one a month if you wanted to, yeah. um, and there's twelve different options of gorgeous little things, and it's a really great deal at around 200 bucks.
1: Yeah, I think it's over $500 value though. It right? is.
0: Yes. Yeah. And we are giving one away actually. Ooh. If you haven't done so already, um, I think there's two more days of our contest. Yes. On yes. Instagram, follow us on Instagram Shameless Sex podcast on Instagram, we are doing a contest. And it's a contest campaign. It's a there's a campaign and then is tied into a contest. We just want to offer yeah. people something for participating yes. there and and being vulnerable and sharing with us and with our Instagram followers. Uh, Their stories. So so
1: what we're doing is is inspired by Wednesday Martin's book, Untrue, um, which is all admit it's a whole bunch of myth and shame busting. Which you were reading on on your trip, right? Yes. Awesome. Wonderful, wonderful. It's like a groundbreaking book. Just like Sex at Dawn, you know, that Chris Ryan wrote and Chris Ryan and his partner wrote. Um, she's to me is like the lady sex at dawn right so it's it's but it's all about I'm gonna read sexuality. it after you finished yeah it's incredible talking about all the myths that we have around female sexuality in terms of um, monogamy versus non-monogamy and pleasure and desire uh, so definitely check out that book but that book inspired this campaign where what we were doing is we're asking people to take a picture of themselves and it's completely anonymous you take a selfie you just hold up a piece of paper and you write something on there that is true about your sexuality that society usually doesn't think is true. So, like, maybe it's... I I
0: said I cheated, which yeah. mine was the first post I, I posted. I cheated. Mm-hmm. I was going to say I had an affair, but I feel like I cheated because an affair is like when you're married didn't like I feel like it you sounds like this I know but I wanted <laughs> to, for it to resonate yeah. with all the folks yes because I feel like cheating is is very common more yeah. common than we think and I'm not trying to say that it's uh in support of I'm in, in support of cheating I like being in yeah. integrity uh but I did out that and a lot of people don't know that and I did it and a I lot
1: of folks think that it, that's more of that that men are doing that mm, right yeah. and so and you're in and, and, and so it, does, it can be anything that speaks to you like one person posted I fake orgasms um, another person posted, "I want more sex than my partner does." Another pers- person posted, "I'm my partner, my husband doesn't want to have sex with me anymore, but we s- or doesn't love me anymore, but we still have great sex." Someone
0: posted that they haven't had an orgasm. Yeah, I've never had an orgasm. Yeah,
1: i am thirty. Yeah, thirty. I've never 30, had an yeah. orgasm. Um, so anything, or you could say things like, "I'm s- I'm single and I love it." I, I never have a high libido. Yeah.
0: yeah, you can do whatever, whatever you want. But each and en- each person that enters, they can you can DM. Um, uh, basically our Instagram account uh, with your photo or you can email it to us as well with your picture and you will be entered into a contest to win over a $1,000 in prizes which is really awesome. I mean, the prizes are really cool. So So we're running for two more days. It's going to run through Valentine's Day. This is 2019
1: uh, and everyone that sends us their photo, we keep it anonymous unless you say that you don't want it to be anonymous but otherwise it's anonymous. We'll post it. We won't share your information. No one will know that it's you and you're automatically entered into the raffle to win all these wonderful prizes everything from the 12 sexy days by bijou we have uh solo by hot octopus Uberloop. we have copies of untrue by wednesday martin we have a copy uh, access to omgs access to our our online workshop so many things so we love this there's some
0: sports sheet stuff in there a, a vibrator from sports sheets and a uh some really sexy lace uh like Cuffs, almost—they're yeah. really cool. People are
1: loving it. We're getting so. What it's doing is it's highlighting these things that people aren't talking about, or that they think it usually is not the true experience for female sexuality. And so it's very interactive. If you if you want to participate, if you don't want to send a photo, just come there and look at what we're doing on it's, our shameless. I Sechart started Instagram. crying,
0: of course, a teary I was really <laughs> hormonal uh, with just reading and being inspired by people's open shares. So thank yeah. you to everyone out there that did participate in that campaign. And um, please know that we do read all of them and we are very gratuitous for you sharing.
1: Yeah, we're just loving it. We're loving highlighting these experiences and really bringing it all to light so that we don't have to live in the shadows. And it's really normalizing these experiences for people. So it it seems like it's really powerful. Uh, And then for just last thing before we go into the podcast for uh, Bijou, as we were talking about. Um, there, if it's something that you do want to purchase for Valentine's Day or in the future, maybe you know, Valentine's Day can be any day. You don't have to just celebrate your lover or yourself on that day. You can do it any day. Uh, go to bijouindiscrets.com, you get fifteen percent off with coupon code shameless sex. Or if you go to purepleasureshop.com, you also get fifteen percent off with coupon code shameless PP in all caps. Um, and that includes all sex toys that Pure Pleasure sells, not just bijou
0: okay let's hear this podcast i'm really excited you You and your partner i know you haven't listened yet i haven't are you ready i'm ready let's do it
1: my partner uh so we're here together in sri lanka we're on a three-week trip and I thought it would be really fun to invite you all, dear listeners, in to a little more into my personal life so that you can meet this partner that I speak of so often. Always good things, babe, I swear. <laughs> uh, But you hear so much about when we, in April when I say, my partner this, my partner that. And you can kind of see into the the lives and the inner workings of what's really happening behind the scenes. My hope is that April will do the same with her partner and you can get a little glimpse and maybe compare and contrast and see whose partner's better. Just kidding. That's not what the intention is. I'm kidding. My partner's now confused and worried. (laughs) Um, So because on this podcast, we like to keep everyone anonymous that we speak of, um, whether you're writing in a sex question or we're sharing a personal story about past lovers or current partners or friends, um... We always use the word partner or lover or friend. We don't use their names, and unless it's like some other educator. So I'm still going to keep my partner as my partner, but I will share a nickname that I have with him and might refer to him in that way. And that nickname is Pippi. <laughs> it's so cute. I have no idea where it came from. I love names for partners. How does that? How does that feel for you? Pippy to being called something so cute. And by the way, can you just tell you all he's what six two ish? Six, yeah, six two. Very uh, strong, masculine, beautiful build, ripped chest, strong arms. So when I call him Pippy, he's not like a tiny little pipsqueak. I <laughs> that think that's why it's so cute because the name speaks to like such a cute, endearing part of you that you are. And I think when when one would look at you, they would not think pippy <laughs> but how does it feel to have a cute little um what are the names it's a pet name
2: pet name thank you squeak <laughs> yeah it it feels good actually it's funny that you ask because for a long time in the beginning of our relationship i noticed an actual deficit a, a lack of endearing names that you did not give to me, or that was my, that was my perception. Um, so, as we're continuously getting closer, uh, and as you're feeling safer with me and able to uh, to open up in these little ways, and and as we can uh, connect in in a more lighthearted and even childlike way, uh, it's I I take delight in. In these little cute nicknames does the nickname bring up a feeling of
1: being like more loved or adored or more precious like is there something a feeling that comes up with it I know I, I understand that it it seems like it speaks to me feeling closer and safer with you but what's the actual feeling that arises for you
2: love love it just it feels like an expression of love there's a sweetness to it and even when it's uh, coming from a place of scolding me, like "Pippi," <laughs> then there's there's still a sweetness to it. Because when you're really truly angry, you don't say "Pippi, <laughs> you <laughs> motherfucker."
1: Maybe I will now. Maybe I will. I think pet names are. I think they're underrated. And I will say. Um, April's partner hates pit, pet names, doesn't like nicknames, doesn't like when his name is altered. And I don't want to psychoanalyze why that is, but I don't think he's the only one. But my guess is that being called something that's kind of cutesy brings up stuff around your strength, your masculinity. Um, and so I'm, I just, yeah, I, or you have something to say about that?
2: Yeah, w- well, thinking more about it, it, uh, I feel special when you say it, and that's that's part of uh, something that I really seek in in intimacy is to feel cherished and adored and to feel special. You know, like there's, uh, like there's something that you see in me that's that's just me and that's just for us. So. I don't, I don't feel threatened by it at all. It doesn't feel uh, like it diminishes from from my strength of who I am. Uh, it feels like there's this this special little place that um, that only you get to see, and that you're seeing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I would imagine you having a cute pet name that speaks to you being special and you're cherished and that you're, pre- you're precious. Uh, it has a time and a place like you're talking about if you're in trouble or if, I, if I'm if i mad at you or something, I'm not like, pippy. Uh, or if I did, it would be kind of joking. It would be like, pippy, but it would be over something really silly. It wouldn't be speaking to something that was like, we need to have a talk. Um, but I would imagine that carrying over into sexy time might be a different story. If I was like, oh, Pippi, <laughs> it just might lose its um, pizzazz. Whereas I can think of some of the pet names that you have for me. Like, you call me Kitten. Uh, and you, you have so many pet names for me. And it feels the same for me. I feel adored. I feel taken care of. You call me my little Lilacoy. We're here in Sri Lanka, and so there's like Roti everywhere. You like my little Roti. <laughs> you essentially make everything a pet name for about me, and it just... Speaks to my preciousness. But they wouldn't carry over into sex. They stay in more of like the sweet, precious realm. And So I wonder what you think about that. Have like a time and a place for pet names versus sexy names. Try it. Right <laughs> now or later or what? Later when we're actually touching each other. Yeah, okay. I thought you wanted like a mock trial on the air. Okay, okay, well... No, we're not gonna have sex in the air. Sorry, everyone. I know that would have just made our numbers go crazy. Maybe, maybe it would be a little awkward, but okay, we'll try it later, and then I'll get back to you all. My guess is that I, I think you have called me kitten while we've had sex before, and and that works because kitten. kitten you also can be like kitten's also like a cat in the bedroom. Right? You know, purring, kind of sexy. No, works for me.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, if you want to keep going down this whole <laughs> pet name track and get really deep with it, then I think it depends on on what the name evokes. And if the pet name is evocative of some sort of a, uh, like a childhood energy, um, that can be a mixed bag in bed. For example, uh, when you call me daddy, that works for us. Other <laughs> people that might not work for but maybe uh, in a role where I'm becoming the the dominant masculine in in the bedroom, calling me Pippi <laughs> might sort of take <laughs> it might sort of take the air out of that. So I think it kind of it, it's going to affect and enhance or potentially deflate the energy of the situation. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, Daddy, let's talk about Daddy. <laughs> All our listeners know all about my daddy issues, if they listen regularly. Um, and you would also know that I like um, to play into a little bit this daddy-little-girl dynamic. But it's not um, familial. It's not like my partner right here plays into being my father. They're just the power figure that comes with the role of daddy, um, or the energy behind it. But it isn't like, you're my father. And, uh, and I just want to say, your partner, that you play that role so, so well. You really play into that whole, like there. you have this this part of you. So we, you talked about core erotic theme on this podcast. Yours is feeling special, obviously. I you, you just added that on here, but that's really important for you to feel special. Um, and so the ways, what are some ways that you can think of, we'll go here first, tangent, but we'll go here first before we go into the daddy part. So if your core erotic theme is to feel special, what are some of the ways that I make you feel special in the bedroom.
2: Well, first of all, I just want to speak to how you just made me feel special right here by uh, by sharing how well I play this, this daddy role <laughs> for you. Um, so I think that we should more frequently have conversations when there's potentially 20,000 people listening <laughs> because then you're going to share things with me that I don't normally get to hear mm-hmm. for them. So that's, uh, that's the first thing. So the, the next question that you wanted me to answer was, how do you make me feel special in the bedroom? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't invite other men in while we're having sex. <laughs> so that makes me feel pretty special. <laughs> um, you usually remember my name. So mm-hmm. that makes me feel pretty special. Um, and yeah, you, that you generally, uh, don't fall asleep during it. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Wow. You're really easy to please. He's the easiest. All I have to really do is stay awake and show up and call him by the right name. And he feels special. Yeah, totally. I think one of the ways that I make make you, or I, I won't say I make you, because I don't make you feel anything, but I I inspire the feeling of specialness in you. Uh, is uh, one is that uh, whenever you initiate sex, I uh, almost never turn you down. Um, and I'm not saying, dear listeners, that you should always never turn down sex. Right? You should. You do. You do. You and take care of you if you're getting a no. Um, for me, with Pippi over here, <laughs> who we'll call Daddy right now because we're talking about sexy time. Um, I have this uh, this uh, this, uh, this ability with you to go into some sort of turn on space, even if it's not like massive amount of turn on where my my pussy just has all oh, the juices flowing and pumping out of it, and I'm just like need your body right now. Like there's. That's that's not what I'm speaking to. I'm speaking to more of a, okay, yeah, I have a maybe right now. Like, I'm not really feeling a lot of arousal erotic energy, but he's beautiful. I find him so attractive. I love his touch. I love connecting with him. And so um, I'm going to go with this erotic energy and see what unfolds from it. And uh, as opposed to putting down, you know, closing the doors, there's not, you know, so in, so I can speak to that I would imagine that 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 you feel special in that way in that you're um not you know not receiving a lot of rejection
2: yeah that's that's certainly something that I've noticed over the past five years <laughs> is that there's been uh very very little rejection, and the very few times that you've uh said no it's made good sense to me, so I think it's the first time i've I've been with a woman that um uh, that I haven't started to develop feelings that sex was being held as a reward or as a point of leverage, and I actually really unlearned uh, a lot of feeling about. Um, I guess, I guess you, I could call it like a maybe like an unworthiness or something. But there was there was an energy hanging around sex from my past experiences where. Um, I felt kind of like I had to almost uh, like trick my partner into it, or they were sort of giving me a gift reluctantly. And in, in this relationship, uh, I've, I've really been able to let go of that. And um, there's always a feeling, there's always a feeling with you of whatever's happening is, is authentic. Um, You don't, you don't say things that you don't mean, uh, even when I want you to. (laughs) And this, this goes back, interestingly, to this uh, erotic theme of mine of wanting to feel special, and even, even though you know that's my erotic theme, um, you don't, you don't actually say anything that's untrue to you. You won't pander to me and say, you're the sexiest man alive, and you're the best lover uh, that that's ever existed, and even if that's exactly what I want from you and I want to hear from you, um, you actually never do placate by uh, making these statements that couldn't possibly be true. So there's... There's an authenticity to the way that you love, and that if it's a yes, it's it's really a yes, and if it's a no, it's a no, um, and you have no issue with drinking my sperm, which is great too.
1: That <laughs> that makes you feel real special. <laughs> um, we'll talk about sperm in a second, but I <laughs> wanted yeah, I wanted to go back to that, you know that that maybe space, that space of. You um, know, we've talked about this on the podcast as well, that, you know, there's a difference between a yes and no and a maybe and a maybe might be um, I'm, I'm not really feeling a lot of erotic energy right now, but I'm but I'm also not getting a no. So let's see what we can create here together um, where I think a lot of folks and not just women, I think a lot of folks in general, they just kind of close down the door. They're just, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not getting a yes. This is why I actually don't agree with our friend. We have a mutual friend that says, um, if it's not a fuck yes, then it's a no. Is that what she says? I actually don't agree with that because that one, for me, would make it so we very rarely had sex. You know, if, if that was the case, if I had to wait for a fuck yes, I'm all and I'm so excited for this, you know, to get to that place, especially five years later down the road. Um, so there's a lot of room that can happen in the maybe, but again, like it is really important to honor that no. So brings me to not your sperm. We're gonna avoid your sperm right now. We can not avoid your sperm, but I'm not gonna drink your sperm in this moment. Uh, but brings me to five years of uh, of us. You know, five years of our relationship, and there's been a lot that has happened in there. We've we've essentially been monogamous. We've uh, cheated on each other. We have broken up to sleep with other. We took a break to sleep with other people. We actually broke up once, and I slept with someone else during that time. Uh, then we also broke up another time. You fell in love with another woman during our relationship, uh, and so we tried an open relationship. We tried an unethical polyamorous relationship. Um, now we're in a monogamous w- relationship. Talking about monogamish, you know, opening up to uh, have shared experiences with other couples or other people in the same environment. Um, I w- but I'd love to talk about our sex life and how it has shifted over time through, um, you know, the, the beginning lust phase, which we had a really long one of many years of having very high, uh, sex drives and, and passionate sex and a lot of sex. And we also weren't living together for that time too. Um, and that has, has shifted through so many things, but, um, I guess I wanted to maybe invite you to tell the story of um, what you see has, has, has been the, the trajectory of a five-year relationship and how uh, our sex life, both of us, has changed over time. Good
2: question. It's changed a lot. Um, I would say that when we started, we were having the most connected-disconnected sex (laughs) that people could have, there was a lot of intoxicants of many different varieties that were enmeshed uh, in our love life from the very beginning. It was a big part of things. And uh, sometimes that can connect, and other times uh, people are just deeply in their own experiences and, um, and having these ecstatic experiences with another body, but not necessarily between spirits. And I think a lot of that speaks to the amount of armoring uh, that each of us brought into this relationship. A lot of defensiveness um, to people. Who were both waiting for the other one to move first in every department. And um, neither person really coming in with a willingness to just go all out on uh, taking a risk on love and giving themselves away. So I think that expressed sexually in that the sex, um, I think each person was really in it for themselves. In a sense, and it was really intense and um, and sometimes violent, but like not in an abusive way, in like a you know like a primal kind of all-out carnage way. Um, It was frequent, uh, but it it wasn't loving. I don't think if I think back to the beginning of our uh, of our sexual relationship, that I would define it as loving, adventurous, uh, experimental, exciting, uh, but not connected and loving. And then, after we went through some of the the more hurtful things that happened between us, uh, there was a there was a shutdown, and it was the the sex was really disconnected at, at times where for me it felt like uh like you just weren't there i couldn't access you um, didn't feel free it it just felt like this uh this really this access to to passion that we had just wasn't there anymore and what's developed as we've come back to each other and um really done a lot of hard work to to heal our to heal what we've done in this relationship and to help each other heal what happened before this relationship um our our love life has become gentler and um Connected, I feel very, very connected and very loving. Um, and there's a a feeling that it's just, for me, that it's just starting to scratch the surface of what the potential is for for connection in that space.
1: Good answer. <laughs> um, I I would agree with that journey and um, and yeah, I, I think there's a number of things going on in the beginning of our relationship. You know, there's the intoxicants that you speak of. And it wasn't that we were always intoxicated, but because that they, they were a part of our life and they were a part of our sex life sometimes, or or maybe half the time or whatever that was. I, I would say that for the first couple of years of our relationship, we had sex almost every time we spent time together. Almost. You know, we if we spent a night together, we almost always had sex either at night or in the morning for a number of years. Um, but again, everyone, we were not living together. And here's another thing, is our relationship uh, didn't have a lot of safety. You know, we broke up multiple times. There's all kinds of things that I listed before that that went on that made it so that there wasn't this... You, even if my conscious mind wanted to say that it was safe and stable and maybe it felt like it was, deep down my subconscious knew that it wasn't. And that's scary, and scary also means exciting. And I think it's uh, it's not... as We've st- talked about this on the podcast. It's not Esther Perel's formula. Um, it's someone else's formula that she quotes, but it's that um, attraction plus obstacle equals desire, right? So I find my partner Pippi over here super sexy, um, and there's a huge obstacle. I don't know if he's gonna, going to be around tomorrow, which technically I actually still really don't. But I have this feeling right now that we are in this stronger, committed, bonded place. And we're also speaking from a place of integrity and really thinking things through as opposed to just reacting. Um, so I feel like there isn't this major obstacle there. Um, and so that might shift some of that passion stuff that like, rah! I just have to rip your clothes off and go crazy right now. Um, and so, yeah, I would speak to, to that as being a shift that a lot of couples really battle. A lot of, and especially, um, Well, actually, all people, but we're speaking to straight couples. And this is some of the stuff that um, Wednesday Martin talks about in the book, Untrue, about, and I'm talking to you, uh, to listeners and to you, uh, Pippi, because I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, the difference in sex drive, there's spontaneous sex drive, which is related to testosterone, which you have a lot more of in your body than I do. And then there's responsive um, sex drive, which means that we create the turn on. It isn't something that is just based on hormones flooding through my body. It doesn't just happen on the spot. It's a reaction to something that is created. And, um, and so that spontaneous sex drive is very much related to, you know, things are new, they're exciting, but also I just have all the hormones and endorphins in my body that are pumping through me and then getting me really turned on. And so, as I said, we had a very long period of, of that. Also because there was the rockiness too made it a lot more exciting. And the studies have shown that over time, what happens is that for a lot of male body folks, and this is going to bring my question to you, Pippi, um, but a lot of male body folks, because they have a lot of testosterone, even over the years, they can still have it. This isn't all men, by the way. There's a lot of male body folks. This isn't the case, but they can still have a high uh, spontaneous sex drive like, oh, there's a boob that I've been seeing every day for five years. I'm still excited because I have a lot of testosterone in my body. Um, whereas female body folks, that's not really the case. Their sex drive becomes more responsive. And, in fact, the studies are showing that... This is what Wednesday Martin talks about in Untrue, when she was on our podcast. I don't remember the episode, but really great episode. She says that, um, that w- the studies are showing that, that female bodies are equal, if not more, in um, their, their desire for newness as a turn-on, meaning after five years... I might be more likely to desire newness of experiences or of bodies or whatever that is as a part of my turn on that feeling of that new attention, new attraction, that those butterflies you get in your stomach, that I might be more driven actually than um, uh, my male body counterpart. So I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. You can comment on that if you'd like to, my dear partner. But what I did also want to ask you about is sex drive. I know it's a lot of information. It's like, whoa, um, just about the, uh, about spontaneous sex drive, about your sex drive in general after five years, you know, how has that shifted? You are now a little bit older five years later. So maybe that part's shifted. You've been with the same partner. Uh, there's been a couple of people in between, but you've (laughs) kind of been the same partner. How has your sex drive as a male bodied individual changed over the last five years? And what do you think you can attribute that to?
2: It's hard to say if my sex drive has actually shifted. What feels like it's mainly shifted is it's it's more than just sex drive. It's uh, emotionally um, what I am drawn to in this in in having sex. So. If I had to say on on just like a hormonal level, I, I don't think that my sex drive has shifted very much. Uh, maybe a tiny bit less, but not that much. Uh, but so much of what was driving me before was the the type of feelings of uh, self-validation, um, of of worth. Um, the 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 ego boost that came from either a sexual conquest with a new person or just uh, you know delivering you uh, multiple orgasms and just having this this really uh, successful sexual experience, which, yeah, I, I was coming to it to... Uh, help myself feel more self-esteem, self-worth. Uh, I think that that oftentimes drew me to sex much more predominantly. Uh, I know that that, to be, that's, that is to be true than the actual um, desire for the experience of copulation And so what i what I experience now with us is uh, a different type of quality, uh, not as much quantity, but a feeling of balance, a feeling that um, there's almost no fear surrounding our sex and also no vampiric, parasitic energy of us trying to uh, take something from the other one to make ourselves feel better in some way. Um, and so it's, it's connected, and when it happens, it feels good, and it feels right, and it feels satisfying, and it feels balanced. Um, whereas before, I think I was also carrying all these ideas in um, about, you know, in a in a successful relationship, people need to be having sex with each other twice a day. Otherwise that means that there's something wrong. And you know, you've taught me a lot about just going with the flow and, and being able to go through these periods of time where sometimes we go through periods of time where there's not a lot of sex. And then, you know, lately as things have gotten better and better and better and better and better, and better between us, more truthful, more connected. Um, well, surprise, surprise, <laughs> there's more sex. And, and it's not coming from a place of trying to, to fill any void. <laughs> I didn't mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, and something I've noticed in you, too, when I think about it, is I, I, I used to have this feeling that what you were doing was, was mechanical, you know, you're a sex educator and you teach classes on blowjobs and hand jobs and there was this impression that I was getting that you were disconnected from the actions and that you were coming from a sort of academic place. I, I couldn't feel you really letting go into it. It felt like you were like you were in your head and it felt like you were also very much just involved in in your own experience and your own pleasure a lot of the time. So it was like, when it was focused on me, it was coming from uh, a place of um, like sort of scholastic diligence. And then it would be you disappearing into your own world. And neither felt connected or uh, intuitive or spontaneous or passionate. It felt kind of dispassionate to me and disconnected. Um, as there's more safety here and more communication and m- just as everything gets better, um, I'm, I'm feeling that there's more of a, of a conversation and a dialogue happening in the sex and that you're, that you're hearing my body and that you're letting me hear your body and you're opening up more to actually make it a, a conversation of bodies.
1: Yeah, I have. Uh, there's so many points there, but one would be um, as time has gone by or as I've gotten older, the uh, quality versus quantity has really become clear to me. That I personally would prefer to have really connected quality sex, you know, once a week, than like okay to good sex like connected sometimes disconnected sometimes three times a week i just really i that's just my preference and i'm not speaking to what everyone else should have and that's just an example i'm not saying that we only have sex once a week or that that's the way um but that the quality really is much more important to me at this point in my life and um, and yes, sex was more mechanical. This is why I got into the sex industry, sex toy industry, human sexuality interest, industry. I'm not a porn star, um, is because I didn't understand. You know, I had my first orgasm from a vibrator when I was 18. I couldn't figure out what my body liked with my hands. I couldn't have orgasms with partners with their mouths, their hands, or their penises. And I did not get it, and I loved my human sexuality class and decided, like, well, if I'm going to go to school, I should go to school for this thing that I love, and I also have so many questions, and continued on that journey. But I continued on that journey in a very unembodied way. You know, as it was, as you were saying, very um, heady, very academic, very, like, how-to step one, step two, step three. Um, and it took me so long to figure out how to... To figure out the embodiment piece. And the somatica practice was really where I think most of that happened, where I came back into my body and was able to experience from that way. The only downfall, it's not downfall from that, but I came into my body. We had really delicious, juicy, connected sex. Also, was during the intoxicant phase, but also that was going on for me, and you could feel that. But then I got pregnant. And then what happens when you're pregnant for an entire month, knowing you're not going to move forward with that. I got pregnant on the IUD, if you didn't know, if you haven't listened to many of our episodes, is that your mind and your body disconnect from each other, right? At least my experience, because they weren't agreeing. My mind is like, we're not doing this. My body is like, oh, yes, we are. And I had to hang out on that for a month. Um, and then I had an abortion, which is own trauma on the body. And then you, my partner, left for two months, and we actually broke up, not because of the abortion. That was already in the plans. For I got pregnant while we were breaking up, essentially. Um, and so then I left my body again for a long time, for like, I would say I'm I've. It's been a journey. Well, we've been back together now for two and a half years? Question mark. How long has it been? I don't. Two years and i like we're just getting to a point of like oh the, there it is like there we are you know but it's and it also it feels similar to what we once were a couple of years ago or 5 years ago or 4 years ago or whatever but more like you're speaking to connected More loving, more gentle, because there aren't all the intoxicants. Because there isn't all the up and down roller coasters of us putting each other through these constant push and pull stuff, Um, and because there is more of like a solid partnership there too. So, um, I just wanted to highlight this because our listeners get to hear my perspective on it, but I think it's helpful for them to hear your perspective too, Um, and. It's, been, it's just been a journey you know I've, I've talked about this so much on the podcast about how to, to get into your body and I know these tools but it, but it's not an overnight thing you know it's not like oh I do these practices and I'm in my body and now I have great connected sex it's like I have to keep keep working and part of that has been our work in the relationship breaking down the walls between us you know or the armor that I had built up that wasn't that I c- couldn't press a button to dearmor and to bring down but that you had to be patient for and also help inspire through loving me and through um, also pushing me to do my own personal work with, with uh, guides, with therapists. My partner, if you all haven't already heard, he's been my, one of my greatest teachers. Um, he doesn't tell me, you better have a therapist, but he's he has two of his own that he's been seeing for a number of years, and he um, inspires me to do that work, which in turn, when I go and do that work on my own, it shows up here. He can feel more of me because I can feel more of me. I am in more of me, of me and I'm able to share more of myself. So what I wanted to circle back to was you said that um, you essentially commented on the work that you've done to make make it so that you weren't uh, having sex from a place to fill a void, right? Um I'm wondering if you could, because I know that we have listeners who, who experience that and whether it's people who are dating so that they can get the attention because when they're alone, they don't feel good about themselves or not worthy or they're in a relationship and when there's not a lot of sex, they don't feel like they're enough and that they you're using sex as a tool. Um, I'm wondering, I mean, obviously this speaks to worthiness and you've done a lot of work around worthiness, but I'm wondering if you could share with our listeners either a little bit about kind of like the nuggets of the work that you've done around worthiness um, and how it relates to sex or not, um, but just to filling your own cup versus needing me or other women or other sources to fill that for yourself. Um, and yeah, and other ways that listeners can do the same. And obviously therapy is going to be one of them, but what do you have to share on that topic?
2: Yeah, the the journey... <laughs> towards worthiness is uh, it's it's one of the core archetypical human journeys. People might disagree with me, um, but the the inquiry that I've had around worthiness has led me to believe that in in some sense or another, there's, uh, a lack of conviction or a seed of doubt in, in every person about their worthiness. Um, and I won't get into talking too deeply about where that seems to come from and, and all this, but uh, let's just assume for the sake of, of the question that each person uh, comes into this life and part of being human uh, means that we innately have a feeling of unworthiness that's uh, a part of our being. Um, You take that and then you add the painful early life experiences that everyone has to some extent and it sort of creates um, an imprint of this unworthiness um, that for some people is, is really, really subtle and it shows up in just really little ways and for other people it's really, really dominant and it's everywhere and so... You know, take that with the type of, of society that we've been um, in, indoctrinated into and in the beliefs around capitalism and materialism and consumption, individualism, separation, and you know, all these things that are just built and bred uh, into, into all of our systems. And um, it's, it's no wonder that so many people or all of the people in, in this culture that we're a part of are looking outside of ourselves uh, for things that temporarily help us to feel like we have a sense of worth. So we look to the things that, um, that society has told us will make us worthy, which is having a perfection of physicality, brilliance of mind, uh, financial wealth, uh, beautiful possessions, uh, many, many Facebook friends, <laughs> excessive amounts of, of sex. And you know something that I really realized in myself is that um, all, all of the areas in my life that have been in excess, which are many, um, have been coming from a desire to either find self-worth in excessive amounts of, say, work, achievement, money, sex, friendship, uh, you name it, whatever it is that's been out of balance has been trying to uh, fill that place that wants to have worthiness, Um, or there's been excess in things that temporarily numb the pain of um, not feeling completely worthy so that would also be in the category of sex and um, substances and work and you know all of these things that temporarily take us away or took me away if I speak for myself uh, from a feeling of not being good enough or just the pain of um, of being inside of of my life experience so yeah it's been a it's been a big path and and that that really, those excesses um, brought me into some really dark expressions of my shadow places, which came out in, uh, in my relationship with Amy many times and finally resulted in me having to uh, go into a state of uh, celibacy and um, sobriety and uh, monastic, essentially monastic removal from my own life uh, for a few months and cutting off communication with everyone in my life and going on my own, my own journey of, um, getting clear and, uh, getting some distance from the, uh, from the, the beast of craving and desire, um, and addiction to all of these things that were giving me temporary reprieve from my own suffering. Um, so. I've I've gotten a lot of success with um, with men's work is very helpful. Um, yeah, mankind Mankind Project is is a really excellent resource. Um, you know, a lot of it has really been been a product as well of of working with excellent teachers and guides who have helped me to get clarity um, about uh, what. I want to use the word true but let's just say what is and isn't healthy and have given me guidance in ways that uh that nobody ever did before. My parents didn't know and they weren't really there. But um, it, once there's been clarity instilled uh in me about certain things, uh, the awareness has helped the the process of correction to happen naturally as it as it typically does. Um And I'd say that really it's just been a process of, of really spending time looking at why I come to things. Uh, what, what is my, my reason, my intention? What is the energy that I'm bringing into sex right now? And like feeling it in my body. Am I coming in because I want to take? Am I coming in because I want to use my partner as a, as a sperm receptacle? do you know am I trying to blow off steam am I feeling angry right now um am I feeling like I just want to uh like take this from this person or can I not even see that she's there you know she's just uh, a recipient of this energy or where where is this coming from and all of these things and um and then working to come into into right relationship with whatever it is that I'm I'm engaging with which is um, not from a place of of taking, but of a place of mutuality, of of shared giving. You know, coming to to give and to receive, and and to to create balance, and and um, and respect and kindness, and to to uh, to create beauty with with whatever we're doing.
1: That was a perfectly spoken answer. You're so well-spoken. I love hearing you talk. (laughs) And then when you put a microphone in front of you, it's like, it 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 doesn't really change things. You kind of talk like this most of the time. Um, And there's, there's something about you when you're, when you're sharing, you know, knowledge and wisdom from experience, it's just so clear. Um, And so with that, I'm also going to reiterate just a key piece that I heard there, which was um, one step was awareness, awareness of your own process, awareness of your challenges, of your trauma, of your wounding, of the ways that you get in your way, where you get stuck, about how you contribute to your relationships, good or bad. Um, and so there's the awareness piece, and then there's the doing the work piece, which isn't just on your own. You know, It wasn't just, I'm going to go away to Australia for two months and go on a walkabout and fix all my problems. It's I'm going to go and, and, and do this journey and I have my guides because the guides are what helps us to see what we can't see. You know, I read a book and if I want to you know, do all the self-help work and I read a book that tells me all these things, the ways I can be better, I literally only pay attention to what I want to pay attention to. It feeds me where I want to be fed. Whereas if I have a guide, a therapist, a teacher, they can serve as a mirror to see what I cannot see should I allow them to be in there, you know, to... Should I trust them enough to do that and um, and so I, that's one point that you wanted to comment you, oh you want it, you have a comment? I see a finger. Oh.
2: Well, yeah, I also just want to touch on the the thing that I've learned about the difference of, of doing work with a guide and doing it alone is that being with another person can create an imprint inside of us from actually having a, a living experience that we can't create for ourselves. And so it begins with someone who we can have uh, a new experience with that gets imprinted in our systems. And then our systems understand, OK, it's possible to have a different experience than, um, than, than what I thought was the only possibility here. Um, and then we can start to do it for ourselves. Because ultimately, we do have to self-resource most of these things most of the time. Um, but I'm not going to get into that any more than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's important. And I just also wanted to comment on the fact that you are the main reason why I have done so much work in my life. Um, when we started our partnership, uh, I was, um, and this is true, I was having a great time. I had a great life. You know, being Amy is quite easy. My overall being on you know, 90% of my days, maybe 95% of days, now yeah, we'll say 90, um, are really positive and joyful and easy and peaceful. Um, and but and so when my partner came to me, he was looking at that and a little bit like, hmm, there's more to you that you're really letting yourself see or feel. um And I was like, no, 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 life is good, la, 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 la. And we have this whole story about me kind of frolicking in the fields of flowers going, la, la, la. (laughs) But anyways, I digress. (laughs) Um, But one thing that you helped me to see was that when things are really, really great or really good, there can be more. And more can be more magic, more beauty, more great, more challenges Um, But more experiences, more feeling, just like if we feel that we've hit our limit or we're good where we're at to know that you can hang out there as long as you want and not grow and life might become kind of dull or monotonous or maybe you'll be okay forever. Maybe you're okay with that. And should you be a little bored or want to do work and go further, then there's more-ness. There's so much more there in life. Partner wants to talk again
2: yeah our one of our our teacher one of our teachers uh John Eisman said that life is we're we're put here to have experiences mm-hmm. that's what it's for that's his point of view and i was just thinking over the uh, maybe i don't know 2 or 3 days ago uh, as i as i look forward into 2019 at just how without knowing what's going to happen, I know that this year is going to surprise me and that there's going to be new, wonderful experiences that I've never had before and probably a bunch of miserable ones that I've had a bunch of times and maybe some some new lows, some some new places of, of darkness and shadow that are revealed and... Um, and this is life. There is always more. There is always more. There's. There is no. There is no there. There is only here. And once we're here, there's always going to be another there, unless we're just here.
1: But <laughs> that was a nice and simplified way of thinking about it. I like that. Um, I. Yeah. I. I guess I can't emphasize enough. Um. Do. It should you want to do the work to do the work with someone um, or some uh, multiple someones and, um, and to know that there's always more experiences and like, with, like my partner who I almost said his name said that, um, Pippi pe- pe- over here that they're not always good. You know, life isn't all about feeling good and comfortable and easy that th- with that, comes all these other experiences of challenge and pain and hurt and sadness and hardship. And that's a part of life too. And I'll get off my soapbox by ending with, Pippi, why are we so good at communicating with each other? How have we not been great at communicating with each other in the past? How did we learn to be better communicators? And what is your, your feeling about our communication level today?
2: We are really good at communicating. And we have not always been really good at communicating. And I think the the biggest breakthrough, there it's pretty simple. I think the biggest breakthroughs have been around ownership and uh, r- sort of shifting our paradigm around the idea of, of right and wrong and letting go of the idea that there is a right and a wrong and um letting go of blame and really just learning communication skills that allow us to say essentially hey this is what's going on for me right now Uh, i'm not saying it's true and i'm not saying that you're at fault but this is my experience and i want to check it out with you and i want to share with you what might be helpful for me and um and the other person being able to, to receive that. And there's so many nuances around this, around actually coming from um, a place of love and, um, and not just using the words because that doesn't work. The energy behind it has to be authentic as well. And we truly do need to believe that the other person isn't wrong um, and not be coming from a place of blame but using the right words and, and all this. Um, but for me, the massive breakthrough has been in um, studying nonviolent communication, which I am uh, just a, a, a dogged supporter of, and I wish that everyone was trained as children in nonviolent communication. It's, it's absolutely changed my life, and it's changed our, our relationship. And we've had some good guides as well, some very, very good guides who um, have helped us to distinguish um, some really important things that we wouldn't have figured out on our own, even with good communication. Uh, one of the, the big recent breakthroughs, I think, was around needs and um, understanding the difference between uh, getting our childhood needs met, um, trying to get them met through the partner versus adult needs and starting to learn the difference between those things and starting to be able to see when we were coming from a place of expecting our partner to be meeting our childhood needs and learning how to meet our own needs when it's appropriate and learning what is appropriate and in terms of getting our needs met within the relationship. So um, it's, it's been an incredible journey that I think has brought us both to a place where since we can communicate so clearly and honestly and openly and lovingly here, it, it spills out into everything, everywhere I, I see in my life. Now the ability where before I would be afraid of a conflict, now I see uh, yeah, an opportunity to, to create something good and something beautiful, and I feel confident that it's possible, no matter what the circumstances are.
1: Yeah, I'd say that blame piece is a a bit was a big one for both of us. And there, I may have shared this one in a podcast before that. When we were beginning to do the work around blame, uh, we had this idea of the blamey jar, where <laughs> I mean, this is just an idea. We actually never did it, but we decided that if we blame the other person for something. We spoke in a way that was blaming, that we had a jar where we had to put money in, and then uh, at the end of the month or two months, we would go out to dinner with the money from that. And just the idea of having the blamey jar and uh, combined with doing work around the difference between blaming language versus ownership language and speaking to actual feelings without blaming, uh, we never had the jar and we actually changed and shifted our way of speaking. Uh, dramatically. So it's been, there's been a journey to get here. And uh, before we wrap up, because it's almost been an hour of fun uh, with the Pippi and Amy show, um, Pippi, I'd love for you to share with our listeners uh, just to give them kind of like the formula for nonviolent communication because you're good at describing the formula. Uh, listeners, if you want to learn more about nonviolent communication, uh, what is the book and the name of the author?
2: Well, the, the founder is named Marshall Rosen, Rosenberg. Marshall Rosenberg. And anything about nonviolent communication, especially the, the audiobooks that he narrates, are just wonderful.
1: Okay, So I'm going to have you just describe the basic formula of kind of there's like the four steps of the ways to do it. We're not going to give you all a full lesson. We're going to give you an example of the way that we would use this in our relationship. Uh, And I will give my partner here, Pippi, credit because he learned this before I did, really pushed for me to learn this and um, inspired that. And I'm still perfecting the art of it. In no way is it perfect, but we'll give you an example right now. Uh, Every time Pippi uses this with me, it's very helpful. Um, I don't go into a defense. I can really hear him and... Uh, understand his experience without making it all about me and my big old wall and, oh, my God, why is he saying this? Oh, my God, So, Pippi, can you just describe a little bit about nonviolent communication?
2: Yeah, I feel a little bit of reluctance to try to go into it because I wouldn't want to confuse anybody by giving them a formula that doesn't really do it justice. I would say that the, the first thing uh, about it is more of, a question that we would ask ourselves, and it's the first question is what's alive, and how do we make things more wonderful? And um, so, what's alive is kind of checking in and saying, you know, what's what's true for me right now? How do I feel right now? And then, how do we make things? How do we make things better here? How do we make life more wonderful? So, the formula. Um, would be to uh, essentially say, uh, state the data of something that that just happened. Um, you know, when this happened, and then you speak to how you how you felt. And um, feeling is something that takes a while for us to, for a lot of us to to be able to speak clearly. Uh, there's something that uh, that Amy and I are, are constantly practicing in ourselves is looking at our language around feeling, where uh, so often in, in our culture, in, in our dialectic, we use the words feel and think interchangeably, and they're not the same thing. We think with our minds and we, we feel with our bodies, we feel with our hearts. Um, and so a lot of the times we say, you know, I... I I feel like uh like like this hamburger was better when I came here last time. And that's not a feeling. That's a thought, that's an experience, that's a sense. Um the the feeling would be, well I feel I feel disappointed. This hamburger isn't as good as it was last time. So, you know, it's something that that starts to we start to refine in ourselves is uh, coming into feeling. So coming back to the formula, it would be, you know, when this happened, uh, I felt this way. And then in statement to the other person, um, there would then be um, a uh, because I have a need for. And the need is also, it takes a while for us to start to understand what's the need that, uh, that didn't get met here, that's wanting to get met. And we express that to the person. And then we express a request, which is not a demand. And the other person has absolutely uh, no, uh, they have no requirement to, to meet your request. So you leave it without attachment. So um, I might say, um, you know, Amy, when you closed the windows uh, last night, um, I felt um, upset because um, I have a need for proper air ventilation so that I can sleep well. And I'm just wondering if you would consider tonight um, just leaving the windows open so that we can get some airflow or at least Maybe talking to me about it before you close the windows—is um, that something that you think you'd be open to doing?
1: Sure, of course. I like good airflow too. I'll totally leave the windows open. I want us to have good airflow. That's <laughs> no, a good example. But is that real? No, I want I'm going to do an example now too. We're going to do an example. So the last one, last piece of it was r- a request that you commented on. That was there. That was. When we make a request for someone of how we want things potentially done differently, it is a request. It's not a demand. So you can't make a request assuming that they're definitely going to do it. Um, I might still forget to leave the window open, or I might not. I personally not want the window open, and then you can't hold that against me saying well, I told you not to do it, and you're still doing it. It still is a request. You know, The intention is to share what you feel and what the need is with the hope that you know, when this person understands it, then they might take you into an account in the future, and you can't necessarily expect that. There's no expectations in it. Okay, so I have a real one that I want to share with you, Pippi. <laughs> okay, so I went ahead and booked the scooter ride that we took to town, um, and negotiate the prices, and uh, and you were displeased with the arrangement of how I negotiated based on the time they would pick us up, and I felt sad um, because I have a need to feel to be seen uh, when I take initiative and try to plan things and make things happen. So my request is that uh, when I go ahead and make plans, and even when they displease you, that uh, you first recognize my effort uh, before I receive the critique.
2: Well, I want to start by thanking you for sharing that and for being open in that way. And wh- what I'm hearing the, the need is here, and I might be wrong, but uh, the need is is recognition and appreciation. And, uh, and so I'm hearing that your request is that you would like there to be that recognition and appreciation before I file any complaints. Am I getting that right? Yes. Okay. good well um no thanks (laughs) so you know the thing about this is also two people need to be doing this together so the receiver has to receive all of this as a gift and the giver has to give it with the energy of love and has to be received with love and um so it's it's an art and the formula that i gave is the beginning of each person making it their own so that it's really fluid and a lot of the times now um you know we can just go back and forth with this and it doesn't sound so so mechanical it's able to be you know really fluid where it's like you know hey amy you know it's i really um have this this strong need for for fresh air uh, when I sleep, it just, if I don't get it, um, I feel, I feel stuffy and then I don't get a good night of sleep. And then I'm, you know, kind of a, kind of less fun to be around in in the next day. And so I'm just wondering, like, do you think that we can find a way, um, to, to meet my need for having fresh air and, you know, whatever your needs are around temperature and, and everything as well?
1: I like that. I like it that it's a less, yeah, it's, that's, you're essentially taking pieces from the formula, but making it your own so that it's, it's less mechanical and less heady. Uh, And that would have still worked for me too. And yes, it does. And I will consider you in the windows.
2: Yeah. So when Amy and I first started doing this, a lot of the time it was through barred teeth and the energy was, was like, like yeah, so Amy, I noticed that you didn't close the windows last or you did close the windows last night and I didn't get a good night's sleep. I'm wondering if you might consider leaving the fucking windows open. Would you consider that and you know, obviously that didn't work very well um, because there was blame that was it was laced with blame, even just in the energy, even if the language was totally right. So coming back to Amy's question of you know what's happened for us is that we carry the energy of love and respect uh, between each other always now. Maybe not always. Sometimes we, we lose it for a moment. But um, I think in, in really learning to take ownership that everything happening in my experience is my experience and that no one is making me feel any way, then we've become capable of meeting the other person with love because there's not a part of us anymore that's convinced that whatever suffering is happening inside of us is because of them. Mm
1: -hmm. I love you so much, Pippi. You're so sweet. He's the sweetest. Thank you so much for sharing your life, uh, your heart, your uh, journey with me, with us, your journey uh, with yourself and all the work that you have done to get to this point. And thank you for sharing from... Uh, the Strong Masculine, because I know that we have listeners here who um, identify as he, him, um, or with the masculine, and we also have listeners who are big fans of uh, the masculine as well, or maybe in relationship or partnership with them, and... And I think that it's really refreshing for a a very strong, dominant male to speak about love and respect and ways to speak in those ways and the value of deep connection and of slowing down and really showing up so I, I kind of th- feel like, in my opinion, I believe, I think, that you were the poster boy for that, the poster man for, hey, you can be a really strong, sexy, dominant babe who can also uh, be really soft and speak from the heart and feel a lot and inspire feeling and really value deep connection and, v- and share vulnerability and inspire vulnerability. Um, I c- can't emphasize enough how much that has contributed to my uh, ability to show uh, show my own vulnerability to really co- show up and become more connected here and to give more of myself and to inspire me to do my own work. Um, so I think it's a really beautiful uh, balance that you have within yourself and the words that you share. And I hope Uh, to all our listeners that maybe you got either some good nuggets of wisdom or just a deeper insight into my life so (laughs) you got something out of this podcast (laughs) Um, Pippi do you have any last words you want to say to our listeners remember it's like 20,000 in one week
2: I'm really proud of you
1: of me or our listeners
2: you (laughs)
1: thank you he's so sweet I love this man so much All right, everyone Well, this episode, I believe, is airing a couple days before Valentine's Day, so I'm just going to do a quick comment on Valentine's Day. If you're a single person and you hate Valentine's Day, good. Go have fun. Go tell Valentine's Day to go fuck itself and go out with your friends or stay at home and and be angry or be happy and joyful and pretend like it's just any other day, because really it is. It's kind of just a Hallmark holiday. Um, and I've had some of my best Valentine's day, just hanging out with all my other single folks. So just want to put that out there. If you are someone that celebrates Valentine's day with a lover, a multiple lovers, a partner, uh, multiple partners, whatever your setup is, um, Try doing something new and creative. Maybe not going out and sitting at a restaurant waiting in the lines and being really cramped next to the other couple and the, all the other couples and the prices are some set menu and they're really overpriced. And get creative and do something new and spicy and exciting or that isn't even related to love and sex. Something that's just fun or adventurous. Uh, so get get out there if you'd like. Just some, some suggestions. Um, I don't know what we're doing for Valentine's Day. I'm getting back from Minneapolis on a plane and then teaching a workshop with Daniel Molnar on. So this is on Valentine's Day. In the evening, it is at the Pacific Cultural Center. It's a Tantra in Motion class, which means it is a experiential Tantra uh, dance class for lovers. So for uh, partnered folks or folks who have someone to come and dance and play with. You can find out more at purepleasureshop.com if you're looking for a great date night. That is an excellent option for you. Um, And then uh, lastly, OMGS. OMGS is a wonderful gift for Valentine's Day because you can buy it five seconds before you give the gift because it's all online. Uh, So if you go to omgs.com backslash shameless, you get $5 off. OMGS is... A online program that teaches you all about vulva pleasure, and they are about to release season two, which is about internal stimulation, G-spot pleasure, um, female ejaculation, et cetera, et cetera. But what it essentially does is if you are a vulva owner or vulva admirer and you want to... Add more things to the menu of what the vulvas might love and like. Um, It is the best way to learn because it is all visual. They have all these really tasteful videos, um, even modules where you can practice the strokes, and you can learn all kinds of new tips and techniques, whether you're already having amazing orgasms, but you feel like there might be more out there because there's always more. um, Check it out. It's changed a lot of the lives of my uh, clients and a lot of folks that I know. Uh, It's really helped them out. So, again, omgs.com backslash shameless. All right, everyone. As April would say, ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code
0: SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.